Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You know what time it is. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And guys, this week, we're going to talk about identifying markets. Now, I know a lot of you think, well, I'm going to just kind of leave that up to the realtor. I'm going to let them decide what's going on. And I got to tell you, doing all the shopping I've been doing lately for our fund, Cashflow Capital, I've looked at lots of different markets within Florida, looked at South Florida, Central Florida, West Coast of Florida, East Coast of Florida, the Panhandle, and of course, the Florida Keys, don't forget. And I've learned a lot of things by putting each market to an individual series of tests, talking to lots of folks within those markets, learning what makes it work and what makes it doesn't, what makes it uh, not work, which has helped us narrow down where we're fo- circus or are focusing our energies. Now, when I go into a market, one of the things I do is I get some marketing in place, but I don't do that right out of the gate. It's important you know that. Instead, I go find out what makes a market tick. I want to learn where people work and whatnot. I want to understand the nuances of the market and decide whether it's a place I want to place my investment dollars and the investment dollars of my partners in cash flow capital. What I don't want to do is just spend a bunch of money or throw money around, waste money, just throwing it everywhere, seeing what sticks. Uh, I don't want to look at everything because when you look at everything, you do nothing is what happens. You spend all your time shopping and you never actually pull the trigger on anything. And that can becomes counterproductive. So how do we get around that? Well, first of all, we narrow down some areas that we like. Now, I have been fortunate to travel all through the state of Florida. I've traveled around the country, but I've really paid attention to what goes on in Florida. So for me, I like there's certain markets I like and there's other markets I don't like. For example, I love living in uh, having a property. I don't live there, but I have a property in Cedar Key. As you guys know, you've heard me. I was down up in my cabin for about a month here just recently, and I'm back in sunny Key West. Thank goodness. Back in the land of sunshine and and, uh, cool rum drinks. But um, I was up in Cedar Key, and I love going up there and staying and hanging out at the cabin, doing chores, cutting firewood, hunting, fishing, that kind of thing. But it's not a good rental market. Cedar Key is an amazing place. I love Cedar Key. And when Mike was there, Mike came and visited me, spent a week or so with me in Cedar Key. And he too was like, oh my God, this is a great community. But it's not a community that is conducive to rental property. It doesn't make sense as a community. And in part, that's because of several different reasons. I'm going to cover those reasons that I'm going to use. Cedar Key is an example to help you guys understand what I see and why it may not make sense for you to invest in markets like that. Now, people, if you decide to invest with somebody else, I hope that they're doing this market research and they understand it. And because if they don't, that's what gets you in trouble. One of the big mistakes that syndicators make on these REITs and whatnot is that the operators have no clue about the market. They just believe the property manager. Well, property manager's on commission, I guess, and for some degree, to a large degree, so is the syndicator, which can wind up getting you in, in a little bit of hot water there. Uh, by not, you know, going in and buying in a market that you completely don't understand because you're, you're performing your projections, you're going to miss the mark uh, more often than not. So first of all, let's look at Cedar Key as a case study here. Who's going to, who populates that community? And the answer is several different types of folks, but Cedar Key primarily has a, has a pretty good 55 and up community. So retirees, uh, they have a lot of absentee owners, which means people that live somewhere else most of the year, and they come there for the wintertime and hang out. I can tell you in the summertime, Cedar Key is pretty much a ghost town. You could lay down on the main street in Cedar Key, 
at noon if you didn't get burnt by the pavement. And you'd probably be there for about an hour or two before a car would actually show up. I think the police department has six or seven people in it. The population is just a few thousand or a few hundred or rather. Uh, there's not a lot going on. We're talking about, I think, 700 is the population. So next question is, who works there and where do they work, right? Where's the income come from? So if you look at a map right now of Cedar Key, Florida, and excuse me, my countertop ice machine was going off behind me there, but we're doing little things, things impromptu here. I'm at my old apartment and getting ready to move back downtown in Key West to a, a new apartment that we're really excited about and a great location. But so we got a little bit of background noise. I don't have my typical studio quality sound going on today. So you just got to deal with the ice machine doing its thing because frankly, I forgot to unplug it before I started recording the show. So don't mind the clinkety clink of the, t- of the, the uh, ice in the background. That said, who populates the community? Okay. Cedar Key, like I said, it's a lot of retirees. It's a lot of people that are absentee owners. They live there. They live somewhere else the rest of the year. They usually will come there for a few minutes, a few months in the wintertime in defrost. Maybe they live in New York and, or Illinois or Massachusetts or whatever. Cedar Key is a cool community. It's right on the Gulf of Mexico. It's neat. It's got a lot of history. Uh, it, it's nice, but it's not the kind of place that most people tend to live year round. So you ask about rentals. There's very few rentals that come up on the market there. Now, a lot of you are thinking, well, I should be good, right? That means if you put a rental property out there, that'll be great. Well, yes and no. It depends on the price point. And here's what I mean. So if you're one of these happy syndicators and you go out and you buy, let's say you buy a piece of land there, you can get land pretty cheap. And you say, well, this is going to be great. I'm going to put an apartment building there. So let's say you buy an apartment or you build an apartment building, let's say a hundred units. Well, if you do that in Cedar Key, you're going to have a problem because there's not a hundred people there looking for a place to rent. So there's no demand. If you create supply where there's no demand, you're going to have a heart attack when you get the bill on that mistake, let me tell you. So on the other side of it, if you did vacation rentals, which is one thing we looked at, right? Vacation rentals. Now I'm a, I'm, I'm a conservative investor. First of all, I'm very conservative when I do things. I don't want to go out there and just do deals for the sake of doing deals. So one of the things I had to look at is this recession that everybody denies is happening. I know the White House changed the definition of recession and now we're not in a recession. But if we weren't in an election year, I could tell you we'd absolutely be in a recession. Anyway, the vacation rental model is something that is not all it's cracked up to be. It's not a perfect model. Now, if you're in a city like Key West, that Key West just goes crazy no matter whether there's a recession or not, all that happens in Key West is it gentrifies. You change who shows up. So instead of maybe right now the middle class are getting priced out of Key West to, and the more of the affluent are going to be vacationing in Key West, it's just how it happens. But in Cedar Key, their vacancy rates or occupancy rates are very low. They're clo- well, I shouldn't say very low, but they're low as compared to the national average. National average occupancy rate for short-term rentals is somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 65%. Is a good mean number to look at, but in Cedar Key, it's close to 45 or 50%. So for me, Cedar Key is not viable to own short-term rentals there because too many days of the year are going to sit vacant. With that said, there's a few developments there where a condo uh, has been had been taken over by a developer and they they basically, you can buy a unit in there, but they require you to use them to manage it and to lease these units out. And you get to stay there as the owner uh, a couple months out of the year. The rest of the time, it, they get to rent it out. And I'll be honest with you, they don't do a great job of running it out. So the income these things produces, because let me tell you, I've looked at the numbers. They don't produce. You know, they're vacant 
70% of the year and they're only occupied 30% of the year and the management team does a terrible job and the rates they get, they do the race to the bottom. So they don't make any money. That's why these things sell for $120,000, $140,000. And really, they should be priced closer to forty or fifty. But people will buy them. And, the, and to the right person, if you're looking for a cheap place to stay where you can see the ocean, maybe that works for you. But it's don't make – don't kid yourself to think that's an investment, okay? Because the market doesn't substantiate you making a gold mine out of that type of a rental property that's sitting right there in Cedar Key. Next thing you got to think about is – where do people work? So if somebody, if somebody's going to rent from you, and let's say you had a property in Cedar Key as a rental, let's say it's a little duplex or whatever, or it doesn't matter, duplex, 100 units, doesn't matter. Where do your tenants work? Because if they don't work, how do they have their income? Unless your your avatar is the independently wealthy, most people need to have a job. And I realize that people work remotely these days and whatnot, and that's a whole sub-market all in itself. But who employs these people? Well, in Cedar Key, the answer is probably a restaurant or a bar. Next question would be, What's the median income? What's the average income of a uh, a renter, not a homeowner, but a renter in Cedar Key? And the the answer is below twenty thousand. Well, that's below the poverty level, depending on who you ask. Which means, if you think you're going to buy a place that's renting right now for seven hundred and raise the rents to nine hundred, I have news for you: the local populace cannot afford it. The next thing you got to consider is consider is what's the proximity to the next biggest town where somebody could get a job and lets the likelihood of that job paying enough to justify the rent. So in the case of Cedar Key, the next biggest city is Chiefland. And that's not even a really a big city. It's just bigger. Chiefland, the only biggest employer in Chiefland would be the Walmart. Their, Walmart is probably the largest employer in Chiefland. And they don't pay enough to justify living down there and paying nine fifty or a thousand fifty or twelve hundred dollars or whatever it may be in Cedar Key, especially when you add in five dollars a gallon for gas and a forty-five minute commute each way. Now, conversely, the next largest city after that is Gainesville. Now, Gainesville is about an hour and a half away versus forty-five minutes. And if your tenant was going to commute back and forth to Gainesville, then you might be onto something. But know this, as I said a minute ago, gas is. Four to five dollars a gallon, depending on what time of the year it is and what the news cycle says. And the person that's going to live in Cedar Key and rent for eight, nine hundred dollars a month, that gas bill is going to take a big chunk out of what they can afford for rent. So again, you're going to have a tough time. And frankly, Cedar Key is nice, don't get me wrong, but I'm not convinced it's nice enough to justify three hours of commute time every single day. And that's if there's no accident on State Road 24 or no cattle crossing the road or whatever else would delay you. So it's not going to be a viable plan. I don't know anybody. I know a lot of people in Cedar Key. I don't know anybody that lives in Cedar Key and works in Gainesville. Well, that's because the commute is, you know, cost productive or cost uh, prohibitive. So that tells me that's a couple of reasons why Cedar Key is not a ideal rental type community. Okay. Next thing you got to look, think about is the local government. What's going on with the local government? Are they pro or anti uh, gentrification improvement? And I can tell you it's a mom and pop town, population 600. They don't like change, which is why nothing's basically changed since 1876. Nothing's changed there. I mean, not even the buildings. I mean, they put up a couple of new ones, but nothing's really changed. The realtors don't want change. The business owners don't really don't want change. The current residents don't want change, and the current residents also make up the, the city commission, the mayor, the vice mayor, 
the chief of police, yada, yada, yada. All these people, code enforcement, if they even have one, I'm not sure they even have one, building department, all these things are factors that are going to make it either easier or harder for you to make, get, make, get a, put a deal together that's going to make sense and actually see it through to exit. And I can tell you, Cedar Key is not a community where it's going to do well like that because the people there simply don't want change and they're going to do whatever they can to fight change. Another community we found, and this was surprising, Citrus County is not excited about expansion. Cities like Crystal River and Homosassa, they're not fans. The people there voted. They do not want big developments. They don't want uh, syndicators coming in there and building apartment buildings. And, you know, they don't want to see Grant Cardone doing one of his mega mansions there. They don't want any of that. They want to be left alone. They want to be obscure. And, you know, to a large degree, they have that right. So if you're trying to make an investment work in that community, well, you're going to have a hard time. So keep that in mind. The next thing you got to think about is, is there infrastructure there to support your tenant base? Now in Cedar Key, there's one little hardware store. They're open on Saturdays, but closed on Sundays. They're closed on Mondays. They're open eight to five, I think, during the week. So if you've got an employee that has is helping you maintain your property and you need a light bulb, well, it's a 45-minute drive each way to Walmart. That's a hour and a half commitment to go get a light bulb. So if they work and live in Cedar Key, and the hardware store is only open while they're working, it's going to be a hard time getting things done, isn't it? So you got to keep this thing in mind. They don't, that town does not have the infrastructure to support a rental class well. Now, are there rentals in Cedar Key? Yes, there are. Do they perform? I'm going to say meh. They perform okay. I know a lady that has an apartment building there. Actually, she bought a building that I looked at in Cedar Key. And I turned down the deal because I didn't see that core infrastructure there to support a tenant base. And it was, I believe, a six apartment, six unit building. This was back before COVID. And um, I didn't pull the trigger on the deal. I didn't even write an offer on it because it just was, there was no infrastructure there. No, nothing to jump out at me to say, hey man, this is in the path of progress and this thing's going to appreciate down the road. So I didn't do the deal. And guys, it's okay to say no and and not do deals when the, the market and the conditions simply don't warrant it. Uh, if you're in a little bigger town, they have a planning division Learn the goals. Now, if it's a small town America, maybe you in the city doesn't have a planning division. Maybe the county has a planning division. In that case, you can go to the planning division in the county. Here in Key West, that's how I learned a lot of what's going on in Key West and what their vision is and what they want to accomplish. I went and talked to the planning director, licensing, code enforcement. Knowing all these different elements tells me what they want. And uh, there are things they want and there are things they don't want. So if you work within the lines they paint for you, you'll be fine. Uh, so just keep that stuff in mind. Next thing you have to talk about is the city manager, city council, the mayor asked them, are, is there a housing problem that you and your team can fix? And what do I mean by that? Well, in some cases, like Mike, for example, was just out. Mike's out scouting markets in Colorado uh, for his to buy a home or to rent a home, rather, because he's looking to, to make a change out of Fort Collins. And he tripped across the community that literally has no rentals available. There's nothing there to rent. And uh, just nothing available. It's not even a thing. You got to rent somewhere else, and it's probably a two-hour drive to Colorado Springs, or to a major next major city from this little town. Him and his girlfriend love the town, but it's not a good city to make an investment in because there's really no infrastructure there in place. Great place to live. Don't get me wrong. Not necessarily a great place to rent. So you got to keep these things in mind. Uh, talk to commercial brokers. 
And you may think, well, why would I talk to commercial brokers if I'm talking about uh, buying a rental property? Well, because the commercial brokers have a real good pulse on the business end of a community. They know what the community has. Who are the major employers? Where's the industry, if it has any? In Cedar Key, the industry is fishing. It's clamming. Uh, that's where the majority of the the work is done. It's clamming and hospitality from the restaurants there. But clam farming is pretty much its number one staple uh, source of income. And then the largest employer is the clamming industry, which is endorsed by the state of Florida. But then again, that's not a get-rich-quick. Clam farmers are not going to win the lottery. You know, they're not winning the lottery in what they earn. They earn very little, actually, and they have high expenses, especially with fuel prices the way they are. So that's not something that's going to lead itself to somebody being able to pay an annual rent increase. What you're going to wind up with is vacancy, and that's not good. Uh, another thing you want to look at just to kind of help you before we wrap up here is what permits are pending approval. If you find a, the building department or the permit department, find out what permits are pending. What is there development coming up? Has somebody applied for variances? You can, a lot of times you don't even have to go or talk to anybody. You can just find this on the city or county's website. Look this information up to kind of see what's been applied for. Get a copy of the local newspaper. Most towns in America, believe it or not, still have a newspaper. I subscribe to several newspapers throughout Florida uh, because I like to get there's certain markets that I keep an eye on that we're looking to buy assets in for our fund, Key West Capital, or Cash Flow Capital. So I keep my finger on the pulse. I want to know what's going on in the community. I want to see things before they become come to fruition so that I can be first to get the jump on them. You don't want to be the last person to find out information. So guys, I hope you found value in this episode. I hope you think about these little tips here about learning your market before you plunge, take the plunge. And guys, not every market is conducive to rentals. Not every market is conducive to flipping houses. Not every market is conducive to short-term rentals. It's your job to take the time, take a minute, take a deep breath. Don't be in a rush, but learn the market. Understand where those incomes come from. The only way that money's ever going to land in your pocket is if you understand where it's coming from. If you don't have that down pat, well, you are screwed and tattooed. So, guys, I hope you have a great week. Again, if you want to get on the phone with me, talk about what you're up to, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. That's a button up on the top right-hand side of the page. You're looking at it, doing some deals with me and investing with me. Guys, I understand prices have gone through the ceiling. It's tough for a single person, one or two people, to get together and do a deal anymore. And that's why we started Cashflow Capital. Cashflow Capital is a real estate investment fund. That means several of us get together. We all pool our money together and we go out and do deals together. That means you, me, and a couple of our close friends can take down bigger deals that are out of the reach of, of us if we were by ourselves. And they're not big enough that we have to worry about the big syndicators in Wall Street coming in and competing with us. And that's what we're doing in the state of Florida in very specific markets where I'm actually applying these things that I talk to you guys about in the podcast. The way to get started on that is to go to cashflowguys.com. Hit that Ask Tyler button. Get on the phone with me. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if you fit uh, what we're looking for and if we fit what you're looking for. And then maybe we can talk and do business. Guys, have a great week and I will catch up with you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.